0: this week so it's just mishe August tasse for the next wee while Uh, I got the idea of this podcast because I was over in Berlin actually last weekend taking a wee time out from uh, regular life I guess and I was just coming back from that wee trip and I was thinking like I went over on the 28th and I came back on the 2nd of December so I went over and it was November I was coming back and it was December the last month of the year and I just started thinking about whether or not 2019 has been a good year or a shite year for me and it has been mostly good but it's had it has had its challenges and it's probably pretty quite a common thing for me to do, to start thinking about the year that's gone by in December and assessing whether or not it was a good one as years go. And as I said, it was a good one, and it has, but it has had its challenges. And I also started thinking that when I was coming home from Berlin on the flight and then the bus from Dublin to Cork, I was also thinking... It's going to be time to start thinking about Christmas now, because it's December, and everything that goes along with Christmas has already kicked in. The Christmas decorations are up in the shops, there's Christmas carols being played everywhere. Uh, We just had Black Friday last week, which is an absolutely ridiculous concept, if you ask me and that's what last week's podcast was about. Loads of people got in touch to say that they enjoyed that podcast and we had a wee alternative Black Friday event in Ackley. We held our very first swap shop which was unreal, went off fantastically. Loads of people showed up, uh, brought some things along, swapped things, got... uh, give things away to people that were able to get more use from them and there was tea and coffee and tunes and there was no money exchanged and everybody had a good time and I think it was just like a wee place of refuge for everyone and amongst all the mad advertising and marketing that goes on all around that kind of Black Friday thing so um, that was good but the madness continues because now all the marketing and advertising is going to be pushed towards getting us to buy each other Christmas presents. And in a way, that does kind of sum up where we're going with the whole Christmas season when I think about it. And obviously, this is just my opinion, so feel free to like disregard it or have a different opinion. Uh, it's just the thoughts that have been going through my own head in recent times that the Christmas, like December, is kind of a month forgiven. It's a month where you start thinking about what you're going to buy people for Christmas. You start thinking about uh, Christmas parties and going out to them, and meeting up with people that you haven't met up with, spending time with your family, and you know I'm sure in most instances that is a great a great time for a lot of people, but also for some people it's probably not such a great experience to you know uproot yourself from whatever you're doing at the minute and then maybe going home for a while or meeting up with people that you haven't seen in ages. And you kind of break all your routines. But I think overall, that kind of Christmas period, it's like I I love going home and meeting everyone, catching up with friends and family that I haven't seen in ages. But it can be kind of like disruptive to your routine as well. And uh, it's a time when you're outputting a lot of energy. You're spending money, you're spending time, and you're spending effort in uh, everything that you're kind of supposed to do in and around Christmas time. And I, th- I think I did a wee podcast last year around Christmas. Um, but it's also a time when you're uh, kind of spending way more time with people than, that you don't normally spend time with uh, as much. And some people end up getting in fights. I suppose it's kind of a trait of uh, the Christmas period when you get in the arguments with people that you end up spending way more time with around that period than you usually do. But anyway that's kind of beside the point really like christmas is is a happy time uh, it can be a very happy time it can also be a sad time but overall i think it is it is a period of time whenever we like do a lot of things for other people and have a lot of output and disrupt our our routines and i wanted to do this little podcast uh, because of the fact that that can be very draining and also because of the fact that december is the last year of the month and this can generally be the time when you start assessing whether you've had a good year or not and I just got thinking like the year's not over yet there's more than three weeks left of 2019 as this podcast is going to go out and I was just like fuck it you know like even if you've had a shit year or even if you've had a shit month or you're going through a hard time now there's still time to uh, finish 2019 on a really positive note and and I started just writing down some notes in my journal about how I could do that personally. And I think that maybe this podcast, it's kind of a podcast for myself in a way. But I also, the more that I wrote down the notes and started thinking about this whole thing, about December being a month where you could do loads of healing or make it kind of a healing month and a month where you prioritize your own mental and physical well-being in the face of the fact that a lot of the time we end up doing everything for everybody else and getting stressed out in December. uh, I was thinking that could be maybe a useful thing for other people as well. I started thinking about (coughs) some of my friends and stuff and I was like, fuck, maybe that person would like to be like do this thing as well. This healing December thing where we just decide, right? It's class to meet up with friends and family and it's class to go out more and uh, go to parties and catch up with people. But At the end of the day, like the most important thing for everyone is to. Look after yourself and the more you look after yourself and the more care that you give yourself and the more that you love yourself, the easier it is to do those things for other people. And uh, funny enough, I just got thinking that when I was thinking about this on the airplane, it is kind of like whenever they say on the airplane that whenever in the unfortunate event of a loss of cabin pressure, the oxygen masks will fall down from over the overhead lockers and make sure to put your own on before you start trying to help anybody else because obviously if you haven't got any oxygen, you're going to be dead and you're not going to be able to help anybody. So kind of this podcast is maybe the equivalent of the oxygen mask falling down from the overhead locker because of the sudden loss of cabin pressure that comes with the month of December and it's a wee reminder for me and myself and any of you guys who are out there listening to this that uh, could do with that to uh, put your own oxygen mask on first and prioritise yourself and uh, that way like you're going to be in a better place, we're all going to be in a better place if we do that for ourselves and therefore it's going to be way more fun to have other people around and for other people to be around us as well. So I wrote down some notes and about, about how that, how I might go and do this, like, maybe like together. Um, but I suppose that it kind of is summed up by prioritizing ourselves. So I've kind of got it into my head and I'm going to prioritize my mental and physical health for the rest of the month of December. And when I started thinking about that that a little bit below the surface, it kind of does come down to making time for ourselves. And that's, in a way, easier said than done because if you are going to make time for yourself, then most of us have filled our day-to-day lives with things that keep us quite busy. So if I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to prioritize some time for me to, be able to look after my mental and physical health. For the most part, it's going to mean that I'm going to have to sacrifice some other time elsewhere. And on the surface, that can seem that maybe someone else is going to have to be let down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some, some other time is going to have to be sacrificed and that's going to cause maybe a bit of suffering for somebody else or you're going to feel guilty that you have to do it. But see at the end of the day, I don't don't think really most people don't really get that worried about when you cancel something or I mean, I wouldn't be worried if somebody said to me here, look, can we do this thing that we had planned on a different time because I just need to sort a few things out for myself. I would not be pissed off or fall out with anybody over that. Probably actually it would be class. I would be happy for my friends if they were saying that to me and be like oh sweet you're taking some time for yourself unreal like hope you have a good time so it's good that way then it has to be good the other way Um. so I think that the content of this podcast as we're moving through it is going to be somewhat connected to uh, making time for yourself and that potentially could mean that you need to sacrifice little bits of time elsewhere, but that's okay. I think that Mm. the overriding, one of the overriding things about this episode of the podcast or one of the overriding messages is that it's one of the things that I've been telling myself a lot and trying to encourage myself to do is to be gentle with myself. Mm. And We should all be gentle with ourselves, really. We're gentle with ourselves and gentle with other people also. So I suppose it's good as we're going through this we podcast together that we both keep that in mind that uh, the stuff that we're talking about here is like just small things really like but they're not a big deal. We don't have to take them too seriously. If something here you don't want to do or don't think it's a good idea like just do whatever you want. It's the whole point. Be gentle with yourself and kind of like be gentle with other people. I've been listening to Langham's new album, The Live Long Day. Flat out, I actually tried to buy it at their gig up in St. Luke's a couple of weeks ago, but sure, they were sold out. I think they were sold out of the album before the gig even started. And I managed to pick one up in Cork last week. It was the last copy in the shop and I've been listening to it flat out ever since it came out about a month ago or something like that. And there is the last song on the album. is called Hunting the Wren. And there's a lyric in that song that goes, the soldier is rough in anger or fun and he causes great bloodshed with his big musket gun. And in the context of the song, that fits in beautifully What with what that whole song is about and go and listen to it on Spotify or go and buy a copy of the album, which is even better. But I think that the lyric itself has kind of a message, a wider message that like probably uh, I don't know if actually this is even a real thing. Maybe I'm just imagining it, but I'm just kind of taking that lyric in my own head kind of as a, a sort of a message that Being tough all the time, like, being tough, like, being gentle is way better than being tough. And when you think about, like, soldiers going around, you know, acting all macho and all, and being all competitive and being in, fighting and being at war all the time, end up, they end up being rough with people and being a big bunch of cunts whenever they're off at war with each other, and then end up being a big bunch of cunts whenever they're not at war as well because it just messes up your head and uh, messes up, I suppose, your mental health and your physical health if you're running around trying to be a big tough guy all the time. And being gentle just seems like a way better way to be. Uh, So maybe that's a bit... Maybe I've gone too deep down the rabbit hole with that song. I've listened to it loads of times anyway, uh, <laughs> to keep on the subject of Lancome's new album, which I have been completely obsessed with, uh, this episode, this episode, I'm recording this kind of for myself as a way to take a note and be able to maybe listen back to this podcast, because see, when you're going through a tough time, like you, you ever notice that when you're going through like a challenging time in your life that you end up like becoming really philosophical and reading loads of books and trying to figure out what's going on and how you're relating to other people and how other people see you and how you're interpreting the events that are going on around in your life and are are you doing a good job or are you reading them the right way or are you reading them the wrong way are you being true to yourself and for me anyway whenever I'm going through a challenging time I end up going pretty deep into the rabbit hole about trying to figure out what's going on trying to figure out how to ...make things better and move forward from them... ...and try to learn from the stuff that's happening... ...and overcome the challenges. I heard this... ...I actually don't know where I heard it... ...but I heard this quote one time... ...that there are no atheists... ...on the side of Mount Everest... ...and what... ...whoever it was I heard that from... or ...wherever I read it... ...they were saying that... ...everyone like... ...before... ...loads of people before they go and climb Mount Everest don't believe in any kind of God or aren't spiritual, but then when they're stuck up one of the biggest mountains in the world and there's no oxygen and they're kind of alone and feel the wonder of everything that's they're surrounded with and they're completely separate from their everyday lives and they're kind of in a position where they could die at any moment, then all of a sudden people start to see the beauty of the world around them and start praying to some form of higher power or entity because they know then that they're not just one little person separate from the rest of the universe, but that we're all part of something way bigger and way more powerful than ourselves. And uh, I suppose you kind of end up at times whenever you're going through a challenge in your life, that you realise that you're not invincible or indestructible. And I've never climbed up Mount Everest, but I really haven't really climbed up any mountains like that where I thought my, and my life was in danger or was in a such a fragile position that the continuation of like, being able to breathe and communicate and live and be alive it was in the balance, but I, I guess that when you're in that kind of position that you realise how fragile you are. Uh, in a way, that's kind of maybe a bit metaphorical to times whenever you're going through a really challenging time in your life and then you realise that you're fragile and that you're breakable and you start kind of seeing other things around you and looking for meaning and uh, ways to overcome that challenge and become stronger from them. So, as we're saying there, another song, the second song on Lankham's new album is called The Young People. It's got a class video on YouTube that you should watch. It's a really powerful video. And there's a lyric in that song that goes when the young people dance, they won't dance forever. It is written in sand with the softest of feathers and when I heard that lyric the first time, it just kind of summed up how, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for, is like how fleeting our time here on earth is and how fleeting our time at being like people who are young and able or, you know, you all go through, we all go through periods of time where we're able to do things and then there's going to be other periods of time where we're not able to do them. And to make the most of the time that we have here on the planet Earth and the time that we have in uh, connection with the people that we're in connection with now or doing the things that we're doing now. It's like the that Shanachal, as it goes, Neil and Enrod, Akshal. Everything is only just for a short while. And that uh, Lankham lyric really kind of sums that up, that we're not here forever. We're here for a short time and... Uh, we have our youth and our health our things that will eventually leave us and we should make the most of it while we can Fuck fuck's sake <laughs> like you know that other shana called Mola Noiga Agus praise the youth and she will flourish that's like class that's what we should be doing for each other we should be praising ourselves and loving ourselves and praising each other and building each other up and uh instead of like putting ourselves down and putting out like some weird negative vibes that starts bringing other people down should putting out good positive vibes and trying our best to build our friends and family up and surrounding ourselves with people who want to build us up and it seems like a pretty positive way to be and i suppose that's what this little podcast episode is about um, it's about giving ourselves the time and the opportunity to build ourselves up and when we do that then it's class for ourselves and it's also class for the other people that are going to be around us it's like a double double gift and um, and also I got a poem sent to me the other day by my friend Shiva if you're listening Jim uh, and I wrote it down she sent it Send it on WhatsApp and then have this kind of habit of like just writing the lyrics of songs in the my wee journal whenever I never see them. So I'm gonna try and find the lyrics of this poem or the lyrics, the the written-down version of this poem here, like it said to us, and because yeah, I think it kind of fits in well with the poem. And uh, one second there I'm flicking through my wee journal here. Uh where is it? Here we go. So the poem is called For Courage, and it's by John O'Donohue, who one of those people who many people kind of like uh, one of those people who many many call upon for their sort of spiritual guidance he's got that book called Anamkara which is a class book I'd recommend anyway I think this, po- this uh, poem ties in lovely with the theme of this podcast and it's about gathering yourself when you feel like you're down and out and getting the mustering the energy to uh, bring yourself back out of whatever uh, down feeling that you're in or whatever hole that you feel that you're in and then gathering yourself up again and then building yourself up to a positive place. So It's called For Courage. When the light around you lessens and your thoughts darken until your body feels fear turn cold as a stone inside, When you find yourself bereft of any belief in yourself and all you unknowingly leaned on has fallen, when one voice commands your whole heart and it is raven dark, steady yourself and see that it is your own thoughts that darken your world. Search and you will find a diamond thought of light. Know that you're not alone and that this darkness has purpose. Gradually, it will school your eyes to find the one gift your life requires, hidden within this night corner. Invoke the learning of every suffering you have suffered. Close your eyes, gather all the kindling about your heart to create one spark. That is all you need to nourish the flame that will cleanse the darkness of its weight of festered fear. A new confidence will come alive to urge you towards higher ground where your imagination will learn to engage difficulty as its most, most rewarding threshold. And I can't wait to listen back to this podcast myself whenever I'm feeling I'm going through a bit of a tough time next time because uh, we've all gone through tough times in the past and we're all going to go through tough times again. And I think that like uh, it's good to have these little things to call back on. Anyway, uh, I suppose that's like twenty-five odd minutes of chatting away about this uh, podcast and uh, what it's about, and it is about having a healing December and finishing the year on a good note. And uh, after I started kind of thinking about this, I also started writing down some stuff that it's stuff that I suppose I'm—I've been doing bit by bit or one by one in recent times and stuff that I'm thinking about that I'm going to do for the rest of this month as well, as much as I can. And I started thinking about how I might go about doing like these things that I had in my head. And so there was some stuff that was really important. I was like, okay, if you're going to do this stuff, there's some other shit that you need to make sure you have in your head first. And I think one of the things when I'm thinking back on the year, that's gone past and thinking whether it's been a good year, or whether it's been a year that's been a load of bollocks, uh, and thinking about how I would like to turn December into this sort of healing month so that 2019 can be finished on a positive note, and then drive on into 2020 with a wee spark and a wee jump. And um, also, you know what else is important is like, you know, January is a really tough month for loads of people. And um also got thinking like, how class would it be to take this bit of time in December to do some self-work and give some self-love so that... I wonder, I mean, that's probably going to make January be way more positive experience for anybody who feels like January is normally a load of shade, or who get a bit down in January. January can be dark. It's a period where it's after a massive period of festivities. We've got all these parties and get-togethers and... December Bit of time off work And going to visit people And going to cool places If you're travelling Over the Christmas period And then For a lot of people January is like Back into the office Or back to Get the shoulder to the wheel And it can be Physically A kind of a dark month And mentally Quite a challenging month So I thought like You know There's a good reason For doing this thing in December For myself anyway Hopefully it's useful for you as well, if you feel like you want to do something like this. But I think that one of the most important things as I look back on 2019 is to practice like self-forgiveness and be easy on myself for the things that I think that I did wrong in 2019. Things that it maybe in hindsight I wouldn't have done or I would have done slightly differently. At the end of the day, they're in the past and there's nothing can be done about them. Um, I often think about the video that Maya Angelou has on YouTube called Just Do Right and the poem that she recites as part of that video and she's saying like, you know, this basically the sentiments of the video is if you're doing your best and you're doing the thing that you believe is right, then there's not much more that you can do after that and that's a good filter that I kind of, Always, oftentimes, run stuff through in my brain like, is this the right thing, or do I believe in this, or am I trying my best to do the right thing? But then, obviously, I fuck things up as well sometimes, and I suppose we all do. And one of the things that I think is important to take note of as this, like, going into this period of, or going into this podcast in this month of, Healing and positivity is to forgive the times and the fuck ups that we've all done earlier on in the year or in the past or last year, or whenever uh, anything that's in the past. I think that forgiving yourself for them is a really important thing. Last year, it was the last year or this year, but the, the team and Ackley, and myself and the rest of the crew in Ackley and Cork have been doing this. Uh, sort of professional development course and personal development course as well in transactional analysis with John Fleming who I did an episode of the Rebel Matters podcast with which is really good. And one of the main sort of tenets of the transactional analysis philosophy is this little phrase I'm okay, you're okay. Which kind of means well, the meaning that I kind of took for it is that you can take the mindset that I'm sitting here recording this episode and even if I was feeling the absolute most shit, shittest ever, I'm still okay. I'm still sitting here. I'm still like healthy and able to speak and able to see and smell and taste and eat food and be around other people and have chats or you know whatever the case may be. And there may be some things that I can't do at certain periods of time because I don't feel like I'm up to them. But at the end of the day, I'm still okay. And also, you're okay because you're sitting listening to this podcast. And as shit as things might seem, if you're going through a shitty time right now, you're, right now, we're both okay, which is a good place to be starting from. Um, And another thing is that there's a book, an audio book that I listened to the other day called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended On It. And, uh, I mean, the the whole message of the book is in the title, really. But to make December a healing month and to do something, take some steps to make 2019 finish on a real positive note, the absolute most important thing is the same thing that I mentioned uh, and that I quoted in the last episode about Black Friday uh, is... love yourself Uh, as Damien Dempsey says and as I said that Damien Dempsey said in the last episode uh, of the Rebel Matters podcast about Black Friday and consumerism the most important thing that we can all do is to love ourselves Uh, and I would recommend actually listening to that we audiobook it's only like 60 minutes long love yourself like your life depending on it but that's an important thing to keep in mind as we're moving through this podcast here as well and I suppose... I was going to get a wee sip of fishy here. Hang on one second. Yeah. While we're going through the stuff, <clears throat> I put a little list of practical things that I know personally do me the world of good whenever I do them. And I was going to use the second sort of half of this podcast to, to run through some of those things and share them with you. But... As good as I know they are, and as beneficial, I know that these practical things are for my own mental and physical health. I also know that altogether, as I look at them as one big list, (laughs) they can just turn my life into a big, complicated clusterfuck of trying to do things that I think are going to be really good and have big massive to do lists of all this positive shit that I'm supposed to be doing for my mental health and then just end up getting overwhelmed because you know like there's also actual life that's going around. Things other things that I'm doing that and end up just kinda like getting things so complicated that I just maybe end up don't do, doing as anything <laughs> on the list because I just think it's there's too many of them and I get overwhelmed. So one thing that for sure I'm prioritising for this month of December and making December a healing month is doing these things one at a time and just focusing on one thing and not worrying about having to do a big massive list of things that are positive for mental and physical health because at the end of the day you can only do one thing at a time properly. So as I start getting into the, the practical stuff and the little things that I'm doing it is worth noting that I've been working on these, th- on these things for quite some time. They're things that I already know that uh, benefit me personally. And I've accumulated time in doing them one at a time. And I definitely still sometimes try and do too many things and end up not doing too too much. Kind of like that paralysis by analysis thing. But anyway, as we're going through them... Just remember to focus on one thing at a time. And there's actually a book called The One Thing as well. I should highly recommend I read it about six years ago. And it's just a book that breaks down the importance of focusing on one thing at a time and how you can prioritize which one thing to do when you have a big list of stuff that you feel like you need to do and how to get yourself into the place where you know that like the best thing to do is focus on one thing, do that properly and then move on. And another important point before going into the practical stuff is uh, this is kind of like I'm sitting here with a microphone and my computer in my bedroom right now chatting in to chatting to you, I suppose, recording this on my laptop and I'm going to put it online and you'll be listening to it. And hopefully like it's an enjoyable wee chat, but it's kind of informal and it's just me kind of rambling on really. Which, as I said earlier, it's partly me doing it so I can listen back to it sometime or me doing it because it makes things a little bit clearer in my own head and hopefully that it's you know, like pleasurable or whatever for you to listen to. Maybe some stuff is useful. But at the end of the day, maybe you are going through a really tough time and maybe this podcast within the hour or whatever that this podcast is going to last is a nice thing for you to listen to maybe it's not, maybe you're not even listening to it anymore who knows but I think the point that I'm kind of trying to make is that if you're going through a really hard time and a really challenging time for sure there are small things you can do to try and take the pressure off but sometimes you need to talk to someone or go to a counsellor or therapist and that's a great thing to do for yourself as well. So, I think that the point is, of course, do these little practical things if you want to. Like, get yourself a water bottle and fill it up and drink it. But, if you're feeling down or you're feeling like you're in a dark place, then, there's always people to talk to in person, whether they're your friends or your family members or a counsellor or a therapist. And, just remember that's great it's, it's good that you have the opportunity to do those things if you don't see the opportunity to do those things then I would definitely use like to use this moment of the podcast here to let you know that like, the, op- the opportunities are out there for sure and just to reach out and find them and I think that we I think that we still stigmatize therapy and counselling I don't know, is it like an Irish thing or what is it? But I remember reading a book about the Wexford team of the mid-90s, the Wexford hurling team of the mid-90s that won the All-Ireland. And they brought a sports psychologist in. I think her name is Niamh Fitzpatrick. And there was a, they kept their secret, brought her in under the cover of darkness to do the sports psychology stuff with uh, the Wexford hurlers who went on to win the All-Ireland that year after a massive period of not winning All-Ireland. Brought like you know great, great joy and uh, happiness to the people who were involved in the team, and also the people in Wexford who were very happy to be on the top flight and bringing home the Liam McCarthy Cup. But sports psychology was complete taboo back then, so much so that they brought they were bringing their sports psychologists in like in this, in like undercover. And things have changed since then. You know, like I've worked with professional athletes and teams and intercounty teams. Even club teams are bringing in sports psychologists. There's no, there's the stigma around that is reduced massively, and I hang hang around with a lot of people who go to counsellors or therapists, and a lot of my friends, and um, we talk about it openly, and it's great as well. It's so good for just to be able to talk openly about these things. I suppose in a, in a similar way, we've probably come through a period of. I think we're coming out the other period in, in Ireland in Irish society of uh, having a real taboo about sexuality and sex and all those things and things that have been suppressed for a long time uh, and we're starting to talk about those things as well but I do think there's there still is a bit of a taboo or a kind of fear of talking openly about therapists or counselling or going to seek out a therapist or a counsellor because like I know that take that wax for example that um, I think it was Liam Griffin's book I was reading Who's the the manager at the time I think uh, I can't remember who exactly wrote the book that I read that in first but the thing that they were saying was that well it was we did it under the cover of darkness because we didn't want people to think that we were going insane we didn't want people to think that we were crazy because of the, the impact that that would have on you know like in in society and what people would think and like that's not what counseling or therapy is about it's not that like we. it's human thing to go through a tough time you know sometimes i think when i'm going through the challenges like that it's you feel like absolute shit sometimes but then i'm like well that's part of being alive at least if you feel shit it's a feeling an emotion that you can check in with yourself and be like, well, at least I'm still alive. Because if I felt nothing in this situation, then where would that leave me? And then you do what you have to do to get through to the other side. Speak to people, speak to someone, do some practical steps if that's something that you know like you're in a position to do. Which I think that when you think about it, like we are always in a position to do some small practical things that will help in a small way, which is class. And that comes down to personal I guess, a certain element of personal responsibility. But then there's times whenever you need to reach out and t- talk to someone. So do that as well, uh, if you want to, if you feel like you need to. I got thinking about something yesterday and it uh, kind of was connected with personal responsibility and uh, how responsible we are for our thoughts. And it was because I was reading that poem for Courage that John O'Donoghue poem there's that line in the poem that says "What kind of paraphrasing but it's the sentiment is that we're responsible for our own thoughts and like fuck do I know but like I suppose that's true and it can be scary to think that you're responsible for your thoughts because sometimes it's easier just to let the negative thoughts take a hold of you and just like I f- sometimes I feel like it's easier just to let the negativity or sadness take a hold of me for a while and just like be like Fuck it, it's not my fault To feel sad Just feel sad And that's, that's okay in a way You know But then It can be a scary thing To know that you have control Of that To a certain degree And to a large degree A lot of the time um, You know Sometimes I know that sometimes Things can, can seem like Really out of our control um, And that's a good time to Go and find someone that you can talk to but a lot of the time we are in control of it and it can be a brave thing to, to assume responsibility for your thoughts and to start thinking positively or start taking steps that you know might not pay off in the sh- in the short term but when you do them over the long term that they are going to pay off I, Yeah, I feel like sometimes it, it, it's hard to muster the courage to do that but then when you do it it's worth it as well and that comes back to the things that we were just talking about forgiving yourself for things that you may think that weren't, you could have done differently or loving yourself and that book that, that book that I mentioned earlier uh, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended On It uh, the guy who wrote that book had uh, the practice of doing this meditation every single day had a piece of music that lasted about seven mi- minutes a piece of classical music, and he'd sit down in the ground and uh every time he breathed in, he would say, I love myself and then he'd breathe out and whatever thoughts came into his head on the breathing out part uh so be it, but on the breathing in part, he would say again, I love myself and I suppose that's what it comes down to. Um, I did this little meditation practice with uh, one of the best people that I know that exist out there and a really good friend, Padergil, who was up doing some videoing for us in Ackley for the last couple of days. And we woke up this morning and we put on Debussy, Claire de Lune and we just sat down in the living room of the house in Cork and we did it as Giliga because that's our natural form of communication with each other and we did it a little bit differently we sat down and we breathed in and we said it's gral on my hand and we breathed out and we said ta my seer I am free and we did that for the length of time that that piece of music lasted which is about five minutes long and then we both opened our eyes <laughs> after it we were like class that felt class and did feel class. I've done it before where I felt not that class after it. But then later on in the day, I'm like, well, hang on a second, I'm feeling pretty good here. Or did something nice for someone. I'm like, whoa, did I do that nice thing because of the fact that I spent a bit of time with myself earlier and that I've repeated that uh, this growl on my hand, that I love myself and time I see that I am free. You know, it's impossible to... to scientifically measure the impact that that has but uh, it does have a positive impact and if you do it regularly it it builds up so there we go I don't know how I started talking about that Uh, anyway this practical stuff that uh, I've decided I'm going to personally prioritise Not all of them at the same time, obviously, because the list is long enough, but I feel like I've I've kind of rotated them in, prioritized things at different times, and I've been using this. So my brother Carberry recommended this book called The Bullet Journal Method, which he's been using for the last couple of years, I think, the last year anyway, and uh, The Bullet Journal Method, I would highly recommend it, uh, reading it anyway, if you're into journaling, it can be a way of fine-tuning your journaling method. And if you're not ever done journaling, it's a class way to get started because it's basically just a wee system of journaling, a system of, like I, like, I write lists down all the time. just so have these lists every day, and these notebooks full of lists, and every single day I would start with this big list, get through some of it, not get through some of it, but after, like, a few weeks, I just have a notebook full of useless lists that I just kind of discard and throw away, and the bullet journal method has really helped me, like... um. Bring together the prioritized lists and writing down like little journal entries and drawing some pictures and stuff like that that I can refer back to as well. And one of the things in the bullet journal method is that every at the start of every month you write down like numbers one to thirty or thirty eight or whatever or sorry, one to thirty or one to thirty-one for the days of the month and then just beside it write down the day. So like I write one two three four five six seven eight nine ten blah, blah blah all the way down to thirty, and then beside them write Lewin March Katie Jordan Inya Donak March Katie Jordan." So you know what day it is, and then one thing I do is just write the write it the main thing that I did that day, write it on that line, and also every day, I just pick these three things that I f- I know are three things that are included in this little list of practical stuff that are good for like self care and self love are uh, the three that I have at the minute, or to drink two liters of water a day to. Uh, do some exercise and to not have my, not sleep in the same room as my phone. I kind of stop me going on my phone at night time and, and the, in the morning time as well. So just leave the phone outside. And if I do those three things, I just give myself a little, three little X's for doing them. Just do it every day and see how often you, you're doing it. And Maya Angelou, again, has a really good quote that I have up in my bedroom wall. Nothing works unless you do. It's all very well known What's good and what's bad, <coughs> Go or the things that, that are good for our mental health and our physical health. But at the end of the day, there's no, point in ha- there's no point in having this big list of stuff that we know is good for us, and we just don't do it. And that's why it's so important just to do one thing at a time, get good at it, move on to another thing, uh, and then accumulate them that way. Because then you focus on doing them, as opposed to knowing that there's a huge difference between knowing what's good and doing what's good consistently. Anyway, let's get stuck into this list here. Uh, so drinking two liters of water a day is probably one of the easiest things that I know that is always going to benefit us as people because, like, obviously we're made from mostly water. So I have clean canteen that I have, like, sitting right here. just took a sip out of it. I have it here. Clean canteen is a nice kind of, I don't know, is it, like, aluminium or something bottle? And I just only put water into it. I just fill it up a couple times a day and drink it. And um, the other thing is, uh, like, these these are kind of basic things. And I think it's good to go back to basics. Especially, see, es- any, th- especially the times when I'm going through, like, challenges in life. Kind of, like, after the initial, like, panic stations or after the period of time when I realize I'm going through a challenge, I need to do something to address it. Kind of keep coming back just to doing the most basic things they're not necessarily things that are directly you know involved in like getting rid of whatever stress it is in my life that's causing me this like to struggle a little bit there are more things that go back to the basics of life water for example another one is sleep and the way that I kind of try and get my sleep is to turn the lights down low before I go to bed do a little bit of reading maybe have some candles on blackout blinds in my room and a sunrise alarm clock and you know it's all relative in that like we all have different kind of like well maybe live in different types of places different family situations and stuff like that Uh, some of us live in the country some of us live in the city but at the end of the day just doing something small to try and improve your sleep is a really positive thing and the breathing the breathing is essential obviously breathing is essential for life but and I think maybe meditation is another one of those things that a lot of people kind of like scoff at. So to break it down to its most basic fo- form or like just doing sitting there and breathing for a little while is really beneficial for the nervous system in the body because like you're bringing in oxygen, you're releasing carbon dioxide. When you breathe out, your body relaxes a bit. And I don't know if you've ever noticed it, it's but kind of a really common thing. It's definitely something that I do, but I know that it's kind of like generic as well, thing that nearly we all do, is that when we're stressed out I hold loads of tension up around my neck and my shoulders and start to breathe way more shallowly or I end up actually holding my breath for really long periods of time whenever I'm stressed out and then i be sitting there and I'm like holding my breath and I'm like whoa, it's like how long was I holding my breath there for? And then I do a few nice big long breaths and do a few of those and then feel really good after it so sitting down and just breathing for a while and kind of like the thing about meditation I've tried tried to bring meditation in as as a regular practice into my life loads of times I've done it like I did this course over in Oxford this year on mindfulness based cognitive therapy I suppose it was at kind of similar kind of place last year you know at the end of the year I was thinking about how I want how was the year that's just gone past and how what I wanted to do in the year ahead. And one of the things that I felt like doing was learning more about mindfulness and meditation. So I just on New Year's Eve last year, signed myself up for this course in Oxford University over in England and went over and did the course over the course of a few months or whatever. And uh it was on mindfulness based cognitive therapy and loads of it was the sitting mindfully and trying to get some skills and different forms of meditation, and that one that I just mentioned earlier about listening to the piece of music and having a little mantra is working really well for me at the minute, and I read a really good thing about meditation, I was reading a book, that uh, one of those Osho books, and I had a really good way of describing meditation, it's like, like, see when you're walking around all day long and your legs are tired? Like, you just sit down and you stop using your legs. You, like, can't make this conscious decision to let your legs chill out for a while and not use them so that they, they can recover. And your mind is the same thing. And ever since I read that, I was like, oh, that's right, it's true, actually. It's like, you don't... If your mind is doing 90 all the time, you can just take... You can just choose to, like, not use it for a while. Just give it a time out. And for me, like, that's what meditation is. Just kind of giving your mind and your thought, your constant thoughts, just the time, just to just be like here and actually my, my brain is knackered at the minute I'm just going to tell my mind to take a chill pill I'm just going to sit here and not use it for a while and the more that I've done the kind of little meditation practices then the easier that has that has become man I'll tell you an example of meditation I was <laughs> doing the meditation like in I don't know was it January or February last year or this year We had this practice and uh, just sit there for like 10 minutes doing this kind of guided meditation where I was listening to a voice talking through the meditation and I was sitting there and my mind could not stop. I was, and the more I did this meditation, the more I was getting raging and then I just got up at the end of it when it was over Like I just got my phone that I was listening to it on I was like, fucked it into a seat like a, kind of like an armchair. I was like, fuck! And I was raging with myself for not being able to chill out. And actually brought this up with the course as well. I was like, here, look this thing, happened to me, whatever I was trying to do, the meditation. The, tutor was like yeah you know she maybe should have thought about whether or not doing the meditation at that particular time was beneficial or not I was trying to force it and I, I suppose didn't really know kind of like, didn't really have an awareness of what I was trying to do like I, didn't, I was just kind of doing it of a sense of duty and I don't think that's what meditation is about it's just about giving yourself a wee time out anyway uh, myself and my good friend Shiva who sent the John Don, who poemed to me the other day, last year, uh, decided between the two of us to come up with some of these, like, kind of rules for life. Not for, like, it wasn't for, they're not, like, rules that we were preaching to the masses, just for ourselves. We're like, you know, why don't you come up with some kind of, like, cool rules for life. And one of them was to not eat shit burgers, because we just happened to be eating burgers at the time, and we were... Talking about this And we're like These burgers are so nice We're like This is like Could be like a metaphor For like Only Like when you have Only putting good stuff Into your body Like Not eating shit food Basically And That's another one Of those things that Might not seem Like it's going to give you Instant gratification If you're Or Might not seem like Like it's doing anything for you In the short term making a, a, a conscious effort to eat good food but over the long term over the medium term but also in the short term when the food is nice and you've made the effort to cook it such a good thing for your mental and physical health and that's something I know that in recent times I've been more aware of that if I was getting stressed out I kind of I kind of forget to eat sometimes like, or don't make the effort to get food in and do shopping and do cooking I kind of rush through the day and my fallback kind of plan B has been, if that happens, is just to go to uh, my favourite place in Cork City to eat, which is Rocketman, and get like one of their sandwiches or their salads there, and I know that that's really nutritious and very very tasty, so if I'm not getting the opportunity to cook or I'm stressed out then uh, I just go there and make sure that I tick that box with the least amount of stress and least amount of effort possible it costs a little bit more money and now if anybody from Rocketman is listening to this they're going to be like sussing me out to see if I'm stressed out of my head whenever I'm in there two or three days in a row and uh, probably could be right anyway no shit burgers so if you're doing this thing and you want to do December as a healing month and a way to finish off the year on a good note then just start eating good food make the effort to go shopping and give yourself some time to cook yourself some food or get it from another source that's like a uh, like good local business or something like that there. I've got a really cool cookbook uh, called the Thug Kitchen Cookbook and it's all vegan food and I'm not, don't eat like a vegan diet but the food is really nice and you can always like, put some meat or something into it if you want to make it non-vegan but really simple recipes with very basic ingredients that are widely available highly recommend that and as this one is obvious but exercising regularly is so good for your mental and physical health and for me this kind of comes down to this is the one that's probably to go back to that Maya Angelou uh, quote: everything or Nothing works unless you do. Um, That, like, we all know that exercise is good, but I suppose like a lot of people get overwhelmed. Even, even like sometimes I get into like not really sure what to do, and like I'm like have Ackley sitting there. Like one of if you don't make me sense, so it's one of the best training facilities that I've ever been to. Anyway, and uh, you know. It's all set up. It's ready to go. I've got the keys. I can go in there any time I want. Sometimes I get to the place where like I'm not really sure what to do. But then what I do is just like do one thing. Get on the bike for 20 minutes. Or I just be like, okay, I'm just going to do some box squats to start off with and see where it goes, if that's all it is. Something We have a slack line in actually. And what I started doing recently is just being, when I wasn't really sure what kind of training I wanted to do or what kind of mood I was in. Or if I wanted to do any exercise. Just go on the slack line for a while and see how that goes. And then generally after 10 or 20 minutes... Practising on the slack line I'm like, ah, oh, feel class. I'm Just going to do a wee training session here. But just remember with exercise, like walking is exercise. Just get out and walk into town or walk around the woods or around the field or wherever you are. Just go for a walk. Do it with someone else. Do it with your dog if you have one. Um, I would love to get a dog someday, maybe. Uh, have a wee dog to go for walks for. But another one of the points I was going to make was about this kind of month of December and finishing the year on a good note is a uh, get into nature like I, I you know what I haven't realised this myself personally at times but like we are nature as people like we're part of nature nature's a part of us I just feel like we've built ourselves up into these like big concrete jungles where nature is kind of a separate thing from human beings which is madness because we're the same thing and we're made from the same stuff and uh you realize that when you get back into nature after a while, and you connect, reconnect with nature, you're like, "Ah, oh, we're the same thing, and this is what we belong to, and nature belongs to us." And when we're together again, and you feel really good. We had this event in Ackley on Wednesday night. Salah Ajarma, who's one of the founders of the Laji Center, which is a community center in a, the the Aida refugee camp in the in in Palestine. Uh, They're living under Israeli occupation and if you've been listening to the podcast regularly then you probably already know that we're working to open up uh, the Palestine Community Gym over there. Anyway, he was in Cork there. He came down and did a little event in Ackley. And we actually recorded a podcast with him as well so I'm going to have that out in the next while. Um, But we got talking about how come there's such a strong connection between Ireland and Palestine, and uh, he's like, "Well, first of all, he's like, we we have the same struggle to be free." And he was also talking about how Palestinians are so strongly connected to the land, which is something that's really true about us here in Ireland as well. We're like people of the land, are really strong, always. And you look back on all the folklore and mythology, we're always connected to the hills and the valleys and the mountains and the fields and the rivers and the seas and the animals and the trees that's our natural state so back okay, back into nature somehow um, I'm just looking out the window here and I can see the River Lee and I can see a big bunch of trees and a wee hill on the horizon of uh, the boundaries of Cork City I think I'm actually looking over at Douglas or something like that from the window of my bedroom in the north side it's looking directly over to the south side what about is over there? Sweet. Anyway, get back out in the nature. It's another one. Oh, here. Also, listening to podcasts as well is something I really like doing, or audiobooks, or even some music when I'm out for a walk. I've got these like headphones that I have right on right now, noise canceling headphones. Really good for just zoning out for a while. Being on a digital diet has been so important. That's kind of why I have that thing where. I put my phone outside the room whenever I'm going to sleep and trying to limit the amount of input that uh, my digital devices have and how much control they have over me. And I kind of, by default then, because I've been spending less time online, I've been spending more time, obviously offline, but trying to do things that are more connected with creativity. So I've been learning some songs on the guitar and started playing the flute again and Ever since it's got this bullet journal thing, I've been uh, drawing like drawn some stuff, some pictures or whatever, into it and uh, which has been nice. And uh also another thing that, that that I started doing is just um gathering stuff up to get rid of it. The shit that I don't need. Some clothes and mm-hmm. it's kinda I suppose that's kinda where the swap shop was good the other day. But getting rid of some stuff you don't need and offloading the extra baggage is really good for for like kind of cl- getting some mental clarity as well weirdly enough the amount of stuff that I've accumulated or that I tend to accumulate over time cor- corresponds with the amount of like mental load that I have and I'm going to get rid of it it feels really good so I'm doing some of that at the minute and uh, one of the biggest things which goes back to the thing what we were saying earlier about self-forgiveness and self-love is a uh, Practicing this, like, really, kind of, not, not hardcore, but really honest form of acceptance and just being able to open your eyes. And me, I've been trying to open my eyes to see how the situation currently is with me at the minute, and accepting how things are, and not trying to like blindfold myself or like, uh, as I say, dalamologa cur myself in Irish. Not trying to like hoodwink myself into thinking something is a different way when it's actually another way the seeing things how they are can be tough um, but having that, like bit of self-honesty has really helped me in uh, another thing that uh, another okay this is another practice that I've got into recently mm-hmm. that has I think accumula- accumulatively really helped my mental health and also given me like the chance to um, take a bit of a Time out before the day gets started is that like after having a shower and in the morning and stuff, and taking a little bit of time to like stand there and put a little bit of moisturizer on, uh, fix up the groog, and uh, doing have these having these little self love kind of practices. Got this really nice smelling kind of cream stuff from uh, my mate Rudi. Uh, For putting on tattoos, I was up in Dublin a few weeks ago, and like, one of my tattoos was quite dry. She's like, Here, what's the crack? we putting moisturizer on that. I was like, I ah, know, I'm going to go over to the shop and get some there. And she's like, Here, take this. And it was smelled unreal. So I got a bigger tub of it when I finished that stuff that she gave me. And uh, I've been using that every day and just putting it on my arms and stuff. Feels class. Got this lovely like face moisturizer. Started putting that on as well. So, and it's obviously good for your skin but it's just class to have a little time out and having these little self-love practices and practical self-love things that you can do on a day-to-day <laughs> basis and uh, the what else I suppose like doing a lot, it's a good time to plan stuff uh, plan like note down what your goals are for the year ahead and maybe even jot down what you've achieved in the last year is a good way to kind of like reflect on the last 12 months or the last 11 months whenever you're listening to this and uh, planning some cool stuff for the the year ahead has been something that I've definitely been trying to do and breaking the time ahead up into smaller periods whatever and I know that like maybe it's not the most zen thing to be doing to be planning so far ahead because we're all supposed to be living in the present moment but I mean, I definitely like looking forward to stuff that I've planned or having some goals that I would like to work on. Even planning to visit people uh, has been a really good thing. And, yeah, are some of the stuff that, uh, some of the stuff that, that I'm going to work on for making December a healing, a month of healing, finishing, trying to finish 2019 on a really positive note. And also like, I think this stuff is really gonna help with going into the Christmas period, the festive period, in a really good headspace. And i has been class doing this podcast, so if you're still listening, thanks a million for like staying. This is the longest solo podcast that I've done so far. Um so Garamina like, Wyga for listening and for staying tuned in. Um I think I'm gonna finish up. Uh uh, as I was saying, last week, I've got a good few podcasts recorded that I'm just going to uh, work on the edits of them and put them out, There are podcast with people um, that I went and met. So I'm going to have those out over the next few weeks. And I'm also going to do the wee Dal Dahl uh, reading section after the, after the outro music, and we'll finish up the podcast. And... If, you, if this is the first time you've been listening to the podcast then you can hear all the rest of the episodes of Spotify, on YouTube on iTunes and uh, Libsyn also on Rebel rebelmatters.ie which is the podcast website and anybody who wants to support the podcast can do so on Patreon but like the podcast platform for me like it's kind of like, it's a free platform and this podcast is always going to be free and Anybody who wants to listen to it can listen to it. And Patreon is kind of a cool thing for anybody who wants to support the podcast with a, like a kind of like small contribution or whatever. You can do it. But if you don't want to do it, fucking keep listening. Uh, keep on listening, man. Uh, what else? That's it. Uh, I think am going to finish up. So thanks a million for listening. And uh, let me actually let me know if you think, like what do you think about these solo podcasts? Some, like sometimes I kind of get paranoid that I'm just sitting here boring people to death when I'm doing these solo podcasts or that they're just shit and uh, then people like I love getting feedback from people about the podcast so let me know let me know what you're if you think doing a healing December is a good month and if there's anything else that you're doing that for to, to make kind of finish the year on a positive note then get in touch I'm all like uh rebel Rebel underscore matters on Instagram, it's on Facebook. I don't really use the Facebook page that much, but Instagram is more common. And then, uh, yeah, let me know what the crack is. So, anyway, Kartsagil, Gramila Uh Stay tuned for a wee bit of Raw dial bedtime reading, uh, if you want to, after the outro music. But otherwise, Kajane Katerala, Kenny Fury, Slang of don't forget to love yourself. We have been reading at the end of the podcast episodes for quite a few number of episodes now. So if you want to uh, hear the rest of the book, then fly on back to previous episodes. The first bit of this book was recorded at the end of episode 51. So that's where you need to go if you want to start from the beginning. Anyway, homesickness. I was homesick during the whole of my first term at St. Peter's. Homesickness is a bit like seasickness. You don't know how awful it is until you get it, and when you do, it hits you right in the top of the stomach and you want to die. The only comfort is that both homesickness and seasickness are instantly curable. The first goes away the moment you walk out of the school grounds, and the second is forgotten as soon as the ship enters the port. I was so devastatingly homesick during my first two weeks that I set about devising a stunt for getting myself sent back home. Even if, were, even if it were only for a few days. My idea was that I should fu- all of a sudden develop an attack of acute appendicitis. You'll probably think that it's silly that a nine-year-old boy should imagine he could get away with a little trick like that, but I had sound, sound reasons for trying it on. Only a month before, my ancient half-sister, who was 12 years older than me, had actually had appendicitis. And for several days before her operation, I was able to observe her behaviour at close quarters. I noticed that the thing she complained about most was a severe pain down in the lower right-hand side of her tummy. As well as this, she kept being sick and refused to eat and ran a temperature. You might, by the way, be interested to know that this sister had her appendix removed, not in a fine hospital operating room full of bright lights and gowned nurses, but on our own nursery table at home by the local doctor and his anaesthetist. In those days, it was fairly common practice for a doctor to arrive at your own house with a bag of instruments, then drape a sterile sheet over the most convenient table and get on with it. On this occasion, I can remember lurking in the corridor outside the nursery while the operation was going on. My other sisters were with me and we stood there spellbound, listening to the soft medical murmurs coming from behind the locked door and picturing the patient with her stomach spliced open like a lump of beef. We could even smell the sticky fumes of ether filtering down the crack under the door. The next day, we were allowed to inspect the appendix itself in a glass bottle. It was a longish, black, wormy-looking thing, and I said, Do I have one of those inside of me, Nanny? Everybody has one, Nanny answered. What's it for? I asked her. God works in his mysterious ways, she said which was her stock reply whenever she didn't know the answer. What makes it go bad? I asked her. Toothbrush bristles, she answered, this time with no hesitation at all. Toothbrush toothbrush bristles, I cried. How can toothbrush bristles make your appendix go bad? Nanny, who in my eyes was filled with more wisdom than Solomon, replied, Whenever a bristle comes out of your toothbrush and you swallow it, it sticks in your appendix and it turns it rotten. In the war, she went on, the German spies used to sneak boxloads loads of loose-bristled toothbrushes into our shops and millions of our soldiers got appendicitis. "'Honestly, nanny,' I cried. "'Is that honestly true?' "'I never lied to you, child,' she answered. "'So let that be a lesson to you, never to use an old toothbrush.'" For years after that, I used to get nervous whenever I found a toothbrush bristle lying on my tongue. As I went upstairs and I knocked on the brown door after breakfast, I didn't even feel frightened of the matron. Come in, boomed the voice. I entered the room, clutching my stomach on the right-hand side and staggeringly, sti- and, and staggering pathetically. What's the matter with you? The matron shouted, and the sheer force of her voice caused that massive bosom to quiver like a gigantic blanc mange. It hurts, matron, I moaned. Oh, it hurts so much. Just here. You've been overeating, she barked. What do you expect if you guzzle currant cake all day long? I haven't eaten a thing for days, I lied. I couldn't eat, Matron. I simply couldn't. Get on the bed and lower your trousers, she ordered. I lay on the bed and she began prodding my tummy violently with her fingers. I was watching her carefully and when she hit what I guessed was the appendix place, I let out a yelp that rattled the window panes. Ow, 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 I cried. Don't, Matron, don't. Then I slipped in the clincher. I've been sick all morning I moaned and now there's nothing left to be sick with but I feel sick. That was the right move. I saw her hesitate. Stay where you are, she said and she walked quickly from the room. She may have been a foul and beastly woman but she had a nurse's training and she didn't want the ruptured appendix on her hands. Within an hour the doctor arrived and he went through the same prodding and poking and I did my yelping at what I thought were the proper times. Then he put a thermometer in my mouth. Hmm, he said. It reads normal. Let me feel your stomach once more. Ouch, I screamed when he touched the vital spot. The doctor went away with the matron. The matron returned half an hour later and said, the headmaster has telephoned your mother and she's coming to fetch you this afternoon. I didn't answer her. I just lay there trying to look very ill, but my heart was singing out with all sorts of wonderful songs of praise and joy. I was taken home across the Bristol Channel on the paddle steamer, and I felt so wonderful at being away from that dreaded school building that I very nearly forgot I was meant to be ill. That afternoon, I had a session with Dr. Dunbar at his surgery in Cathed- Cathedral Road, Cardiff, and I tried the same tricks all over again. But Dr. Dunbar was far wiser and more skin- skillful than either the matron or the school doctor. After he had prodded my stomach and I had done my yelping routine, he said to me, now you can get dressed again and seat yourself on that chair. He himself sat down behind the desk and fixed me with a penetrating, but not unkindly, eye. You're faking, aren't you? He said. How do you know I blurted out? Because your stomach is soft and perfectly normal, he answered. If you had had an inflammation down there, the stomach would have been hard and rigid. It's quite easy to tell. I kept silent. I expect you're homesick, he said. I nodded miserably. Everyone is at first, he said. You have to stick it out. And don't blame your mother for sending you away to boarding school. She insisted you were going too young to go she insisted you were too young to go, but it was I who persuaded her, and it was the right thing to do. Life is tough, and the sooner you learn how to cope with it, the better for you. What will you tell the school? I asked him, trembling. I'll say you had a very severe infection of the stomach, which I am curing with pills, he answered smiling. It will mean that you must stay home for three more days, but promise me that you won't try anything like this again. Your mother has enough on her hands without having to rush over to fetch you out of school. I promise, I said, I'll never do it again.